Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Anybody else need notes? Raise your hand if you like copy some of the notes. Way in the back, back there. Over here, over here to my right, your left. And while they're passing them out, praise God, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of studying your word together tonight. We study it in the name of Jesus, believing to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all the things that pertain to life and godliness. May the logos become the rhema to us tonight, Father, as our hearts long for reality with you. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to proclaim with power and demonstration the truth of your word to all of us tonight. May we be changed by it. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about the three P's of prayer. God's word teaches us, according to Jesus, that men should pray once in a while. All, all the time. Men ought always to pray. Paul said, pray how? Without ceasing, right? Without ceasing means to stretch out in prayer. Reach out to God. Continually seek him in prayer. Hallelujah. Well, the question is, why is the Bible so adamant upon our developing such a prayer life? If God is all loving and we know that he is. If God is looking out for our best interest and we know that he does. If God controls everything that takes place in the universe and on earth, like some think, well then what's the need for prayer? Why do we have to pray? Well because first of all the last part's not true. God's not controlling everything that takes place on this planet. If he was, trust me, everything would be going smoothly. <laughs> It'd be wonderful. Guaranteed. So we're going to talk about real quickly, before we do it, three P's of prayer. And the first one is purpose. What is the purpose of prayer? Now, in the beginning, God gave man dominion over all things. But we understand that man lost that dominion. Look at Genesis 1:26. God gave man dominion. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over all the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God gave man dominion. But we know that man lost that dominion because of his act of rebellion against God. And so instead of exercising authority over everything as he was intended to, he became subject to the powers of darkness and Satan became the God of this world. And as a result of becoming the God of this world, of course, he ruled in darkness over human lives. And still does today if people allow it. But thanks be unto God, Jesus came to this world to undo, outdo, overdo all the works of the devil and take back the authority that man lost in the very beginning. In Matthew 28 and verse 18, look at what it says. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he has all power. 
And because he got all the power, the authority that was lost in Adam back, he then sends us out with his authority and power to do what? To evangelize the world. To overthrow the kingdom of darkness. Now, God's will is not going to happen on earth until man enforces it. Look at Matthew chapter 6. We have got to enforce the will of God through prayer. After this matter, therefore, pray your Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. In other words, till your kingdom comes, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so the purpose of prayer is for us to join forces together with God. Giving him an opportunity to fulfill his purposes here upon this earth and accomplish his will upon this earth. And we do that through prayer. Just like John Wesley said, it seems as though that God can't do anything on earth until a man is willing to pray. He sought for those to stand in the gap and make up the head so he wouldn't bring judgment upon the people. But guess what? There was no man to be found. So God had to produce judgment on the people. So the purpose of prayer is for people like us to gather together in the mighty name of Jesus and join forces together with God to make a highway for him to move and accomplish his purposes upon the earth. And if we don't do it, it's not going to be done. We have to do it. I really believe this is true. You might think that uh, I'm reaching, but I'm not. I believe because we have constantly and consistently been praying for prayer to be reinstated back in school. In Mississippi, the governor signed the bill stating that prayer, once again, would be reinstated back in school. And they can pray over the sound system, prayers. They can pray at sporting events, prayers. Isn't that wonderful? And when I read the article about that, you know what he said? He said, look, if I was in Japan, it wouldn't bother me if I lived in Japan. Whatever they want to do, that's what they want to do. We're in America. He said, we're in America. And this nation was founded upon godly principles and biblical principles. He said, tell the atheist, take a dollar out of your pocket and read what it says. In God we trust. Take a coin out of your pocket and see what it says. In God we trust. And they should have never taken prayer out of school, he said. And so here's our beginning. And so praise God. Despise not the day of small beginnings. Amen. We've got to have a voice. Hallelujah. And so we thank God for the purpose of prayer is joining forces together with God. And I believe we can hurl back the forces of darkness aimed or targeting this nation. And we can take it back for Jesus. We can stop what the enemy's doing in the land. Amen. We believe it. Then secondly, we want to talk about for a moment the privilege of prayer. That's just a little bit about the purpose of prayer. But the privilege of prayer. Do you know that if you were to go before the king... You better be sure that you have an invitation. And you better be sure you follow the proper protocol. Because if you didn't have an invitation to have an audience with the king. And if you didn't follow the proper protocol. And if you didn't go into his presence properly attired. It could cost you your life. We can't understand that. But I'm telling you, if you lived back in those days, and it probably is true in some cases today, that's what you would uh, possibly be doing, is losing your life. But look in the, the book of Daniel, chapter 5. 
to go before the king, an invitation was required. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Bel- Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. Notice, let Daniel be what? Called. If the king doesn't call, you don't have an audience with him. If the king doesn't call, you can't appear before him. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said to Daniel, Art thou Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? And the answer is yes, and you know the rest of the story. But notice he was called to appear before the king. If you're not called to appear before the king, then you have no audience with him. No privilege of being in his presence and petitioning him or saying anything to him. But then now notice also, if you go there uninvited, it could cost you your life. Look in the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. You see what she was doing? She called for a fast because she knew that she was violating law. The king had not talked to her in 30 days. He hasn't called her in 30 days. So what she's going to do is take it upon herself to go and have an audience and appear before the king. She's putting her life in danger in doing so. So she said, look, fast and pray for me. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. But she didn't die, did she? Then, following proper protocol, notice this in chapter 5. Same book. Verse 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther, this is after their fasting and praying, put on her royal apparel. She was in sackcloth and ashes. She was fasting and praying. She wasn't dressed in her royal apparel when she was doing it. And stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight because of fasting and prayer. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What will thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. So she did find favor. And really when the king hasn't called for you in 30 days, you know what it normally means? He has no longer any interest in you. So she was really putting her life out there on the line. She was really putting her life in danger. But she knew she had to do it. God called her for such a time as that. And she did it. But she fasted and prayed and other people fasted and prayed. Made a highway for God to move. And she had the privilege of having an audience with the king. And notice the formality. Think about the formality. His scepter is there. Notice it emphasized the royal everything. This is my royal suit. This is my royal haircut. This is my royal everything. (laughs) Everything was royal. 
She had to touch the scepter. Follow proper protocol. Lest ye die. Wow. Well, what's that have to do with us? Well, we've been called to appear before the throne of God. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us come boldly, therefore boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hold on just for a moment. Just because it doesn't say royal, royal, royal. We've been invited. We've been called to do what? Have an audience. To have a meeting with the living God, the creator of the universe. And think about it. We don't have to say your majesty. We just say father. Abba, father. We have a right to be here. So we have an invitation. We've been invited to the royal palace, to the royal throne, where the Father sits upon his royal seat with his royal scepter. And we can enter in and we can have an audience with him. The privilege of prayer is for all of us, but also. Proper protocol is required. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Proper protocol. See, sometimes we don't see it in this light. And we should. We need to. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, confidence, assurance. Notice it doesn't say going there intimidated, uncertain, unaware, not knowing what's going to happen. We've been invited to the holiest place of all. We've been accepted. We've been called to enter into this holiest place of all boldly. How? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. How? with a true heart a pure heart that's true full assurance of faith I know what God said I know I belong here I know I have access I know I'm forgiven I know mercy is there for me hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for it is faithful that promised it's just like someone would have gone before the king and said, oh king, this is what you said. If you recall in the days of Daniel, when the, some, of their, some of his workers went to him and just said, oh king, you wrote a decree, this is what you said. They were bold to go before him. They were bold to do what? Point out what Daniel did not do. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not going to bow. Why were they so bold? Because they knew the decree. And when you go there on the strength of the decree, you know you have an audience with him and you know he's going to hear what you say because he cannot violate his decree. 
He is saying to us, come boldly to my throne, knowing your covenant rights, knowing what I have spoken, knowing that I cannot lie, knowing that your conscience is cleared from all sin because the blood has washed you. You're robed in righteousness and you have a right, you have access to be in the holiest place of God's presence. We all do. What a privilege that is for all of us. And oh my goodness, how important it is to access it. But now notice, he's talking about holding fast your declaration of faith. If you believe that by his stripes you were healed, then you hold fast that declaration of faith before the throne of Almighty God without any intimidation whatsoever, declaring what the word says, because that's your faith. Jesus, you bore my sin, sickness, you carried my pain with your stripes, I'm healed. I'm thanking you here today before the throne of Almighty God. But then also look at Psalm 100 because this is also part of proper protocol when you enter into the holiest place of all. We don't take in sacrificial animals, the blood of sacrifices and bulls and goats and all that. We've already been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you know what? We make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Notice the protocol. Come knowing that the Lord he is God he made us and not we ourselves we are his people the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting his truth endures to all generations so here's the invitation we're entering into the holiest place of all. We're coming with confidence and boldness and assurance. We've come to render him thanksgiving, praise and adoration. We've come to sing, shouting it from the mountaintops. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. We know he's truthful. He, we know that he'll honor his word. And so we come before the throne of God properly. Following proper protocol. This is how you said to do it. And even though I may not feel like it, I'm coming in, praise God, without guilt, sin consciousness, condemnation, inferiority, intimidation. I am coming to the holiest place in all of the universe. Think about that invitation. It's the privilege of prayer, and we are entitled to do so. And then finally, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. We know the purpose. We want to fulfill the will of God in the earth. And we have to join forces together with the Father. It is a privilege. Think about this. If we don't take the time, we're ignoring the greatest invitation, the most precious invitation we have ever received. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And the power. There is power in prayer. Look at the book of 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petition that we have desired of him. So, first of all, to enforce the will of God. Notice, we ask according to his will. Is it his will to save someone? Then we're asking according to the will of the Father. Father, I'm coming before your throne. I'm shouting with my voice I'm singing praise to your name I'm cleansed by the blood of the lamb I have your word that says you're not willing one person should perish but all should come to repentance so I'm coming to enforce your will as being done on this earth as it is in heaven 
And I'm coming on the behalf of so-and-so, a dear loved one, a family member, or a close friend, whoever. And Father, I know it's not your will that they perish. So I am asking you in your throne room to dispatch labors of love that will surround so-and-so and continue to be in so-and-so's face until so-and-so's heart is open and mind is open that they can freely make a decision apart from the influence all the demon powers of darkness to make Jesus Lord and Savior of his or her life it may be your child a loved one that maybe that's gone astray a prodigal so to speak Father, I know, I know that I know. I've read your word. I know what it says. You said to leave the 99 to go to find the one that's gone astray. I know it's your will, so I'm coming boldly to your throne. By the blood of the Lamb, I am petitioning you on the behalf of so-and-so. And everywhere that person goes, may they be say, surrounded by other godly influences that will speak into his or her life the truth of your word. And may the conviction of your Holy Spirit fall upon that person until their eyes are open and their heart is touched I'm coming dear Father God and this is my petition boldly to establish your will in this person's life look in the book of Daniel chapter 9 Daniel it gives us another example of praying and enforcing the will of God to be done in the earth look at verse 2 in the first year of his reign I Daniel stood by books that's the book of Jeremiah the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. You see the boldness? Go on down to verse 19 and look at, look at the boldness. And look, look at how he presented himself. O Lord, hear! Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, hearken and do. That's pretty straightforward, wouldn't you say? That's pretty bold, isn't it? Defer not for thine own sake. Oh my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Look at the boldness. Look at the attitude in his prayer, in his voice, as he's just calling out to God to honor his word this is what you said hallelujah isn't that wonderful in other words I'm not satisfied till your will is enforced on this earth the power of prayer the power to do what to resist temptation to resist temptation secondly you recall what Jesus said when he was at the garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 Jesus said watch and pray Watch and pray. Why? That you enter not into temptation. Why? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there is power that we can generate through prayer to do what? Rise up above temptations that we encounter in this life. And we know every single day we're challenged. Every single day we have the enemy setting us up for failure. But praise God, if we were alert and on guard and followed what Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and and pray. So prayer generates power in our lives that will assist us and enable us to stand against the temptations of the flesh. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And it's very easy for the flesh to give in to the temptation. But he says, if you will pray, you watch and pray, you'll generate this power. This wonderful power 
that will assist you in overcoming any challenge you face in life. And then number three, to, and I love this, to release angelic assistance. To release angelic assistance. Remember Hebrews 1 verse 14 tells us, are they not all ministering spirits and forth to minister? Notice for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Are you an heir of salvation? Ministers are waiting to be used by you so they can minister for you. They want to minister for all of us because we are the heirs of salvation. And so whether, uh, let's say it's for protection in the days of Elisha when he was at Dothan, remember the story there in 2 Kings? And they were surrounded by the Syrian army and he said there's more to be with us than to be with them because of his active prayer life and because of his acknowledging of the spiritual powers uh, of God including angelic beings he released angelic powers to assist him everywhere he went he knew they were there and of course they showed up and the eyes of his servant were open and he saw all the angelic host around them for safety for protection wouldn't it be wonderful for us to recognize and realize every single day that we've got angels on assignment all around us every single day of our lives only eternity is going to really enable us to see know and understand how often these ministering spirits bailed us out of many difficult situations or protected us from entering into difficult situations thank God for the angels amen and then also for deliverance. If you recall the story of Paul out there on the ship, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Fear not, Paul. You're not going to die. Mm-mm. No, just listen to what I have to say, and you're not going to die. So as they're praying, as he's praying and believing God for these days, they, they were in fasting, and it was a forced fast. But there was the angel of the Lord that came and manifested then Peter if you recall when he was in prison James was already beheaded he's probably thinking I'm going to get beheaded too but the church prayed for Peter constantly they were in fervent prayer for Peter and as they prayed believing God the dispatch from heaven whatever whoever angelic beings or whatever which they one was released what happened to the the angel came went to the jail all the bands were loosed Praise God. And he opened up the gate, let him out. Peter was freed. So we see through prayer, we can release the power of angels and get them involved to assist us, whether it's protecting us or delivering us, and then also for restoring physical strength. If you recall the story of Jesus at the garden, at the rock in the garden, and the Bible says that he prayed as if it were drops of blood. Think about that fervent, heartfelt, continued, effective prayer. Sometimes we give up too soon. But he prayed. He prayed that situation through. And then when he got to the end of prayer, angels came to minister to him, to restore strength to him. And there are many stories throughout all the Bible where angels came to assist individuals in their endeavors. So, that's another, think about it, manifestation of God's power through prayer but then also to heal there's power to heal in James chapter 5 and verse 14 and 15 power to heal is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him anointing with the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up 
If they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Goes on to say in the Amplified Bible, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And so we see that when people truly pray from a heart, a true heart with full assurance of faith, having their hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, their bodies with the pure water of the word of God, that what happens? There is this unleashing of the power of Almighty God did they heal the sick, set the captives free, deliver, protect, provide for? Again, so many things. But then next, look at Genesis chapter 20 and verse 17 and 18. Here we have the first healing to ever take place in the Bible. This is the first recorded healing in the Bible. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So here he prays, and of course God responds, and the miracle takes place, and there's a corporate healing that takes place among the people. So through prayer, we can see we generate miracle working power. Then also, to defeat the works of darkness. To defeat the works of darkness. I'll tell you what. The way we are going to recover all things in this country is not through the power of politicians, not through the power of human intelligence, not with military forces or anything of that nature. It is going to be the hand of Almighty God sweeping across this nation in response to the prayers of faith from the people of God that believe enough is enough praise God it is time to rise up to stand up and not be silent but let our voice be heard on high praise God God himself will be the one to see to it that this nation is turned around for his honor and for his glory praise God but in the book of Luke 20 uh, I'm sorry book of Isaiah first 58 is this not the fast that I have chosen in other words, if you're going to approach the throne of God for the reason of fasting and prayer, here's a good reason, or these are good reasons, to loose the bands of wickedness. To loose the bands of wickedness. I shared this in our healing class last, a couple weeks ago, Friday, that there was an individual in a prayer line that came up that had a migraine headache, very, very bad. Couldn't stand it. Got prayed for, went back to the pew, he was no better stood there and while the minister was ministering to other people he happened to look over we look back over he saw in the spirit he saw the man with an imp like figure on his head that had his head in a headlock it was a demon spirit that was putting the headlock on this individual causing this terrible terrible migraine headache and when he prayed for him the first time he didn't have the discerning of spirits to see that. But as he continued praying for others, he looked and saw it. He commanded it to leave. The moment he commanded it to leave, it fell to the ground. He commanded it to leave the, pre the premises. It left the premises. And the man shouted, I'm free. He didn't see anything. All he did was feel it. He felt free. The freedom came. The pain was gone. I know it's difficult sometimes for us to look beyond this natural world that we live in. But I'm telling you, these are the works of darkness that have been defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and we are the ones that have the power to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. Jesus did it already 
technically, he did it legally, and he gave us the authority to continue to enforce his victory in the earth. And so this nation of ours, it seems like for so many years here, the devil's had a headlock on this nation. And it goes all the way back. You go back to the days of Mussolini. You go back to the days of, uh, of Stalin and all these others. They said you can't destroy America from without. They're too powerful. They're too strong. They're too mighty. You've got to implode it from within. You've got to attack their spirituality. Attack their patriotism. And attack their family values. And guess what? That's exactly what the enemy inspired these individuals to begin doing. And it's not very long before you get some woman, insignificant woman, gets prayer taken out of school because she had a voice that was loud and nobody else would stand up for the truth. The minority, minor, minor, minority gets their way because their voice is heard. And it's been happening ever since. Little by little eroding what? These values, our belief system. Almost to get a generation to think that we were never a Christian nation. Oh, my brother, it's time to shout it from the mountaintops and proclaim it with a loud, loud voice on high. Hallelujah. Praise God, we are. We are what God made this nation to be. And God made this nation successful because of what he's done for it. Amen. Because of people that believed him. In the book of Luke 22, verse 31, 32. And we're going to gather together in just a moment. We're going to lift our voice on high for this nation once again. Amen. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you. To do what? That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee. Look at these words. I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. I'll tell you what. You want to pray for someone? Pray their faith doesn't fail. Hallelujah. Pray for leaders that are believers. Pray their faith doesn't fail. You want to pray for this government? Praise God. Raise up leaders that believe by faith that we can once again take back our nation for Jesus. That the faith of the people fail not. To destroy the works of Satan in individual lives. And all of our lives. Our faith has got to be as, as, as developed as it needs to be. Highly developed, praise God, as it needs to be. It's by faith we resist the devil. It's by faith we overcome the world and all that's in it. And so praise God we believe. And then finally, and there's so much more, we're talking about power to defeat the works of Satan, but then also power to heal the nation. Power to heal the nation. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven. I would then forgive their sin. I will heal their land. He will, he will, he will. If we will, then he will. If we will humble ourselves, seek his face, pray, seek his face, turn from wicked ways, he would hear, he would Forgive, he would heal the land. Oh, praise God, that's what he said. And that's why in 2 Timothy chapter 1, what did he say? First of all, prayer, supplication, giving of thanks be made for all men and for all that in authority. Hallelujah, are you ready tonight? Prayer is joining forces together with God. That's why we're here fasting and praying and believing God. Our faith will not fail. We will penetrate the heavens, praise God. We will disperse and dispel the powers of darkness from, 
from this whole nation. And we believe that cloud of darkness hovering over this land, hovering over Washington, praise God, is dispelled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether it's the spiritual, social, political, economic, and moral scenes of our land, praise God. Let's all stand together. Let's gather around this altar for a few moments here. And we are going to have at it, praise God, in the name, the mighty name of Jesus. We're joining forces together with God right now to fulfill the purpose. Hallelujah. It's a privilege to do so. Amen. And by doing so, we can generate the miracle working power of God that we believe will turn back the hand of the enemy and continue making a highway for God to move on this planet in a powerful way. Glory to God. Are you with me tonight? You believe your prayers are being effective. You believe what we've been doing week after week after week here on Wednesday nights, praise God, and believe in God together as, as well as all week long. But we're coming together. Hallelujah. 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 This is a privilege that we have to approach the throne of the living God. Have an audience with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and let him know how much we love him and appreciate him and thank him for who he is and all that he has done for us. We come to your throne, dear Father God. We've been invited. Hallelujah. We come with the proper protocol, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, robed in righteousness with true hearts, full assurance of faith, our conscience cleansed from an evil conscience. Hallelujah. Purified with the water of your word, we come boldly to your throne with confidence without guilt, without inferiority. We come because we belong. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of his love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus I'm now your child, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.